0: Hello and welcome to the Bride Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Esty Gordon, and I'm here to tend to the brides like I tend to the bar. So, mix yourself a cocktail and let's get ready to discuss all things weddings. Today, um, I am back. It has been a few weeks, but I am back. It has been insanity um, just in the wedding world, in the wedding business. Um, I have been working like crazy. I haven't had much time off. And on top of that, you know, I've just been coming up with some new content ideas for the next future weeks. So, um, you know, no excuses, no excuses. Um, I just needed the last two weeks to just kind of like really, focus and hone in on work and I didn't want to give everybody a BS kind of episode. So today I am back and I'm super excited to be talking about something that I think is super, super important, which is timelines. Now, in regards to weddings, timelines means a few different things. So first is the timeline of when you should be doing certain things for your wedding. So first being is that after you get engaged, the first thing that you want to lock down is your venue because locking down the venue will bring forth locking down everything else else with your vendors with the venue. Um, from there will come what date you have chosen, the timeframe, um, you know, a minimum guest guarantee that you have to abide by. And you can then lock down the rest of your vendors and start asking your bridal party, you know, when, you know, who you want to be in the bridal party, what you need done, dresses, all of that. So, First things first is the venue. So after you get engaged, when you kind of figure out around what time of year you want to get married and kind of put your list together of how many people, that will determine the right venue for you. So I wasn't really going to touch on this, but since we're talking about venues, something that's really important to note is that if you are having you know, a wedding of 200 people, like you start putting your list together and you see that it's about 200 people, you're not going to go look at a venue that only fits a maximum of 100 or 120. It just wouldn't make any sense for you. So keep that in mind too. Obviously, that's not really a timeline thing. It's just um, things to do to make your life a little bit easier you know, outside of, outside of having a timeline. So put your list together, go look at venues that fit within your guest requirements and your budget, and then take it from there. So then from there, figure now we're living in a totally different time in the world in regards to weddings. We used to live in a world where people would have, you know, engagements of a year to a year and a half. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen anymore. But what I am saying is that things like those rules like totally went out the window when it came down to COVID. So you have people who are getting engaged now and they are having your typical year to year and a half engagement. And then you're having people get engaged who are having a three month engagement and they want, you know, any date that's open, you know, it used to be a big, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when it came to weddings. Now you have people getting married on Wednesdays, Thursdays, holiday Mondays. Um, yeah, you know, no holds barred. Things are, you know, completely different in the wedding world in a good way. Um, so keep that all in mind. So now you're going to lock down your venue first, then from there, you're able to send out your save the dates. People have this unwritten rule that you need to send out save the dates by this amount of time. I'm going to give you uh, like probably not your average answer on this, but I also kind of think that save the dates are a complete waste of time. Um, they're a waste of money, a waste of time, and it's really not needed unless you are having a wedding on a holiday weekend or a destination wedding or something where you have a lot of people traveling. Um, I will say in my case, um, as anybody who's new to this, new to this podcast is that I am engaged and I do have my venue booked and I am not having um, a year long engagement. Uh, I got engaged in the end of May and we are getting married at the beginning of February when I'm in my off season and slow so that we can go on a honeymoon right after and really enjoy our time. Now, with that being said, This is coming from somebody who did not send out Save the Dates. Now, I have not sent out Save the Dates also because um, 97% of the people coming to my wedding are from the area where I'm getting married. So nobody is really having to... There's not a lot of people having to travel for me, but I also am not getting married on a holiday weekend where it would be you know, probably a little bit busier for people who are traveling. So keep all of that in mind. Um, that's like save the dates. There's no written rules on this. A lot of people say you need to send them nine months to a year out. There's no rule on that. Um, I don't agree with that. Send them out when you, whenever you find the date that you are choosing and you book the date send your save the dates out if it's something that you want to do. And if you don't want to send save the dates out, don't because you really don't need to. So that's that. There's my two cents on that. Okay. Okay. Not really adding it into the timeline. It's not really a necessary thing. So moving forward from, you know, save the dates. Once you have your venue chosen, you're really able to get on board with locking down all of your vendors. So whether that's your band or DJ, your photographer or videographer team, uh, your florist, any kind of extras that you might have, your hotel room block, things like that. I will say the hotel room block is one of the important things if you have, again, if you have a lot of people traveling, um, just so that you get really get a chance to um, try to lock in the best rate for your guests. So again, another thing to do right after you book your venue, try to get the hotel room block. Try to get the best rates possible for, you know, your wedding day. And, you know things that I shouldn't say but will say is that if you're worried about vendors of course if you're trying to choose somebody who's very popular who might be booked years out and things like that you are going to want to lock down your vendors like pretty quickly but if you're open on who you're using and you kind of want to shop around a little bit know that you can shop around and see who works best for you within your price point and your style and taste and take it from there. There's always there's always going to be somebody who's willing to take your money. So you don't need to run and jump and get everything locked in so quickly if you don't need to. Now, of course, I'm saying this as somebody who works in the industry, knows who I'm using on my wedding, blah, 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 chose to get married in off season so that I can get married when I have a life. But... You know, I know the tricks of the trade, so I'm willing to share that with you. So remember, if you're open on who you're going to use and what you're going to do and where you, you know, how much you want to spend and whatever, I say lock down the budget. Everything else comes after that. Now, to get into the real timeline that I'm here to talk about, which is your, your actual day of your wedding. Okay. I am friends with a lot of hair and makeup people. Okay. Um, I love getting my hair and makeup done. It's one of my favorite things to do outside of doing my job and spending time with my friends, my family, and, uh, my fiance is I love getting glammed up. Like if you know me, you know, I love getting my hair blown out. Love getting my nails done. Love getting my makeup done whole nine yards. Something that I really, really desperately feel the need to share. Brides do not need to get ready at 6 a.m. on their wedding day if they're getting married at 6 p.m. Like, there's nothing more ridiculous in the whole world to me. And I know that every hair and makeup artist would agree with me. Yes, You need to line it up right with your photography and your videography and all of that. And I totally agree. But if you were having a 6 p.m. wedding, typically you're not going to do pictures until like at least one o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're not going to be doing pictures until then, why would you need to start getting ready At six o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And also as a bride, and I can say this, why would you want to on your wedding day, enjoy your time, salivate in that hotel room and just take it all in. You don't need to be getting ready at 6 a.m. It's ridiculous. And it's also unfair to your bridal party. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense sense. And I not only am a bride, I've been doing this job most of my life. I've been in this industry like since I'm like eight years old. So if you think I don't know what I'm talking about on this, I know what I am talking about. I've also gotten glammed up for a million weddings in time. So take my advice on it. Give yourself a little bit of time. Also, it's completely unfair to your bridal party. So consider that as well. You don't need to get ready at five or six in the morning for a 6 p.m. wedding. If your wedding is an afternoon wedding, as in like 12 o'clock, one o'clock, something like this, you are the exception from this rule. You do not have to follow what I just said. Totally makes sense you getting ready at 6 a.m. If you are a 6 p.m. bride or an af- like late afternoon, a twilight bride, you don't need to get re- married. Ugh, I'm sorry, you don't need to get ready at six in the morning there you go I said it boom okay moving on from that because I realized I just went on a rant about it but there's nothing that annoys me more than brides who think that they know everything and think that things need to be done at that time and any um vendor who tells you that that's the way it needs to be they don't know what they're talking about so you know that's it um I know what I'm talking about, but uh, not every vendor does things the same way. Not to be that I'm right and everybody else is wrong, but I know everybody else in my field would agree with me on this, that, you know, the timeline doesn't need to start at 5, 6 in the morning for a 6 p.m. evening wedding. Moving on, figure that for... If you're doing an evening event, you want to maybe start getting ready somewhere between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Depends how many bridesmaids you have, depends um, how many people are getting ready, where you're getting ready, and in, in location to the venue. Also, you know, another thing to keep in mind if you're a bride who's doing a church ceremony and you're doing an afternoon church ceremony, Disregard what I say about the 6 a.m. I'm talking to the 6 p.m. ceremony brides. You know who you are. Don't, don't, just don't. Save yourself from yourself. There you go. So figure you want to start getting ready somewhere between like 8 and 11 a.m. If your reception is not until 6 p.m., you're pretty much going to take your photos about three hours prior to ceremony. So somewhere around three. So I would say if you're fully ready, somewhere about around one o'clock, which is totally normal, then your photographer your photographer, videographer, will really start somewhere around like one o'clock, give or take. So like a one o'clock start time of your photographer, videographer, either showing up at your hotel or at your your house or wherever you're getting married and kind of really take care of getting some of the before shots, the finishing up of the getting ready, you know, something that a lot of people don't notice is that. Your photography and videography team, they're not there for your whole time getting ready. They're there when you have your touch-ups toward the end of getting ready. Like, I don't know. Have you, like, ever seen a movie on this? I mean, it's just the photography and videography is not there at 8 a.m. They typically come toward the afternoon for an evening event, and then Your team will split up, your photography, videography team, you'll have a photographer and videographer with, you know, um, one set of the party, you know, and then you'll have another photographer and videographer with another set of the party. And then everybody will meet up at the venue, you know, pretty much do first look. Some people will do some off-site photos, you know, whether it's at a garden or somewhere or where Wherever photos throughout the city before, you know, their venue, that's totally fine. Um, Three hours before ceremony is a really long time to take family photos and bridal party photos. Um, You really don't need more than that. You just don't. So figure your photographer, videographer coming at around one o'clock to get those last minute shots and then really getting to start three hours prior to ceremony with like the venue shots, it's really kind of perfect. So now something to keep in mind, when you invite your guests on your invitation, you don't do the actual time of ceremony, like as the invite, you invite for a half an hour before then giving your guests time to get there. Now I get in other States other than like the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, people do things differently and put the invitation as the exact time when ceremony will start. Um, just, I would not, I would not recommend that. I would totally recommend doing like, if you, if your invite is like six o'clock, pretty much your ceremony would be 6:30. You're giving everybody a half an hour lead time. Half an hour they come in, they grab a glass of champagne, they mosey around a little bit, and then they're asked to be seated for everybody to start ceremony. And I know a lot of people think that, that can happen within 15 minutes or half an, you know, even 20 minutes. It can't. It can't. It cannot. And Um, I say this as somebody who works for a venue and has worked on the planning side, you invite a half an hour before. It just is what it is. And there's really nothing wrong with it. You'd rather have people like early and on time than late. You, You don't want to be the bride walking down the aisle and people like are walking in behind you. It's just you don't want it. So take my advice on it. So figure if six o'clock is your invite and then six thirty is your ceremony. Now mind you, I'm just giving time frames just for you to go off of a six hour time time frame. But this could be earlier, this could be later, you know, some people have to wait for sundown, like you know, pretty much give or take that time frame. Your ceremony is going to be about a half an hour. It's not going to be more than that. It's typically a half an hour. So then seven o'clock is when your cocktail hour will start. Your cocktail hour is typically an hour unless anybody extends theirs. But we're going to go off of like a basic time frame of six hours, including your invite and your ceremony. So six o'clock invite, 6.30 ceremony, seven o'clock cocktail hour until 8 p.m., So eight o'clock, the venue starts inviting everybody into reception. Now, some people will do like a preset first course, which is like a first course appetizer, you know, whether that's a salad, whether that's a little like duet appetizer, something like that. You're going to have your guests, you know, in the room and then you're going to do your entrances once they're all in. Now. In regards to food service, you should base your food service around, you know, your first dance and your speeches and all of those things and your cake cutting and all the things that people want to like watch you do. So figure you guys are going to do your entrances and then you're going to dance, dance, dance for a while. Everybody's going to be dancing on the dance floor, which is when your first course would go out. Your first course will go out while everybody is like on the dance floor and dinner orders don't have like will be taken once everybody is sitting down for first course. Now, every venue is a little bit different with this, but coming from somewhere which is a pretty top venue and also just like knowing the way that kitchens work and staff works and all of that, you want to do things that make sense for the venue, but also you want to do things that make sense for your guests. When everybody walks into the room, they're like waiting for you guys to enter in. Then as the couple enters and everybody will be on the dance floor for a little bit and you guys will do your first dance, which is when everybody, you know, will get their first course and then from there can give their dinner orders. So then everybody will be dancing for a while and it will be fun. And then figure during, you know, during like your main you know your main course so figure if your first course is somewhere around like 8 20 then you have some time some dancing time your second course might be somewhere around like nine o'clock and during your main entree is typically when your speeches gets done the truth is you don't want to stop the party for speeches you just don't it's like if everybody's on the dance floor and having a good time, why are you going to stop that? So you should do those kinds of things at times where people are already sitting down and eating. So figure nine o'clock, you know, doing main entree, speeches, and then by like 920, everybody is like back ready to get on the dance floor, Um gonna dance for a while you're gonna have fun it's gonna be lighthearted, and then the cake cutting is usually like yes it's formalized in the sense that people are watching and having fun but it doesn't stop the party so figure you might do cake cutting somewhere around 10 10 15 and then you know desserts and everything can go out from there now as somebody as somebody who totally like loves dessert, um, all of those things. I will also say that it's super important to note that like a lot of people tend to leave after dessert. Um, so if you want to like hold out and wait longer to put out dessert, I would do that. Um, maybe you'll put out dessert around 1030, 1045, you know, this is if you're going until around midnight, remember all of your friends, all the people who want to be there, they're going to stay no matter what. Um, but I just like wanted to put a little like perspective on that, that, you know, people tend to look at like dessert going out as, like, the end of the evening, and you don't want everybody to leave early or expect that the ending is happening, so figure if, like, you know, your main entree went out at, like, nine, and, like, you might want to definitely put out dessert somewhere after 10 o'clock, 10.30 even, you know, give people time to have it, but also, like, keep them on the dance floor, keep them partying. And then everything will go until midnight. And then if you do an after party, typically about an hour to two hours, where not everybody from your wedding is going to be at the after party. It's usually more friends, very close family, something like that. So to go off of a timeline to give you an idea, If you're doing that 6 to 12 kind of time frame of your wedding, 6 o'clock invite, 6.30 ceremony, 7 to 8 cocktail hour, 8.15 by 8.15. You are going to enter into the room as a couple. Um, You might have some entrances before then of your bridal parties, parents, things like that. But you are definitely, definitely going to have you know you want to be entered into the room by then so that you really can enjoy it and then your speeches will happen during your main entree um which also is better for the people giving speeches because then they get it over with earlier in the night so that everybody can really enjoy and maybe not be so nervous to give you an idea on the timeline prior to the actual like event that day is hair and makeup somewhere around between 8am to 11am, depending how many people are getting done. Then photographer comes around one o'clock, you get to the venue around three o'clock, you take a bunch of pictures, everything like that, and then six o'clock, bam, invite happens and all of that. Now I'm just going off of a six to 12 time frame. However, if you start earlier, picture that your things will start a little bit earlier. Let's say you were to do a twilight somewhere around four o'clock. If you're doing like a four o'clock invite with a 4.30 ceremony, figure that you might be on site at your property around one o'clock in the afternoon to take photos. So your photographer will probably come around 11 o'clock and then your your hair and makeup might start somewhere around seven to eight. So that's just to give you a little bit of, you know, difference of, of time frames and things like that. Now, of course, this is subject to how many people are getting ready, location of where you're getting ready in proximity to the venue. Um, and then, of course, we touched on things like save the dates. Um, Again, I don't really like necessarily think that they are necessary, more so necessary for people who are doing out of town weddings where a lot of people are traveling or doing a holiday weekend wedding where you wanna make sure that everybody is on time. And like everybody, if they have to make any travel plans, um, for that long holiday weekend will make your wedding the priority. Okay. So that is just my two cents for the week. Um, obviously I am in the craziest time of life. If you are in the industry, I know you totally feel me is that it is busy. It is crazy. It is out of control. Uh, weddings are happening left and right. Planning is happening left and right. I, it is the busiest time I've ever seen. And I have worked in this industry, pretty much forever. Um, I know even with planning my own wedding now, uh, which is still the craziest thing ever, because now being on this side as a bride, it totally still feels weird. But it's just that we know even when we were going to lock down our venue and date is that we had to be like very flexible because what we had originally wanted just wasn't available, you know, it, it wasn't available. So, um, you know, be open, be open to some people's feedback in the industry. If you don't work in the industry and you're, you know, hiring people like, take their recommendations. They know what they're talking about. They've probably been in the industry a long time and has seen how crazy, uh, things have, um, have changed just in the year of COVID. You know, everybody is getting engaged now and getting married also right now. Uh, they, we see a lot of people had move dates, but we also see a lot of people, um, you know, are getting engaged and they don't want to wait, you know, as, as long as, as they might've beforehand, you know, life is short and they're ready to get the show on the road. Um, but it will definitely, it's an exciting time to be in the industry. It's an exciting time to be a bride as the world opens back to some normalcy. So, uh, you know, keep everything in mind, enjoy the process, and just know that um, everything will work out and be in your favor, and you'll be able to oh, well, truly enjoy, you know, truly enjoy, yeah, you know, um, your yeah. day, and <laughs> yeah, make, it that, make it everything that, make it everything that you could ever yeah. want, you, um, you know, but um, on a side note, if you hear anything in the background, just letting you know that I'm recording from outside of my apartment. Um, I went to beach today. I live by the beach, and um, my fiance works from home. I am off on Mondays, and he is inside working. And I decided to record from outside, so. so Super sorry if you hear anything in the background. I tried with my AirPods not to, but, you know, such is life, right? But I want you guys to stay tuned. I have some really exciting things coming up. And I also want to throw something out there. Uh, I'm always looking for new talent to come on the show. I have some exciting people coming on next month in August doing some videos. But if there's anybody who has a topic that they want to hear about or has you know somebody that they think would be a great fit to be interviewed or want to come on or talk about you know certain things in the industry that are changing and evolving you know I am always always up for suggestions and always up to you know meet new people and see how we can collaborate together on an episode to bring everybody what they want to hear in the meantime Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode of The Bride Center, which was actually recorded today. Um we put out an episode every single Monday uh which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um if you're not already following me on Instagram, please go follow me at The Bride Tender for all fun facts on the wedding industry, ways to save money on your special day, and of course, hiring the best in the business for your wedding. Um, and if, uh, if you haven't already, go check out some of my past episodes with some of the top vendors in the industry and stay tuned for some people that I have coming on within the rest of the summer because wedding season is crazy and I want you guys to get to hear from the best in the business. Until next week, mix yourself a cocktail, slide into my DMs with questions you want answered on all things weddings. Stay sane, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next week. Bye!